Retro Rebel Gamecast Episode 16 is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Togcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss retro gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading over to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook at Temple of Geek and Twitter by using the handle at Retro Rebel Show. My name is Stacy, and joining me today are my fellow Rebels, Trey and Amanda. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Howdy. Howdy. Well, Trey, this is your first time on the show, so for those listening out there, tell them a little bit about you and, and uh, now that you're joining and hopefully be regular, uh, you know, so what they can kind of expect from your perspective. Yeah, hopefully uh, I'll be a regular, so uh, pretty much just uh, all-around geek. Uh, I have a YouTube uh, that I do on Temple of Geek as well as uh, Marvel TV show reviews and the movies and some game reviews, um, just a lot of reviewing for Temple of Geek. Uh, as well as, like I said, I do uh, just kind of geek outs where I just kind of geek out about my favorite stuff. And then I do a, uh, a rundown video of like the geeky trends going on. Uh, so just I'm usually putting out content throughout the week. All of it can be found on Temple of Geek uh, if you go look for it. Does a lot of good work, a lot of good stuff. Y'all should check it out. So Thank you. Uh, Amanda, so what have you been playing? What's been going on? That's not fair. I have to mute to not sound like Darth Vader, but then you ask me when I type in chat. That's not fair. I had no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so uh, today I had the great privilege of watching one of my favorite YouTubers, Ashens, do what is currently ongoing. It is currently five hours long a live stream for Cancer Research UK. And he was playing a old retro game that I have never heard of called Granny's Garden, which is apparently the UK version of Oregon Trail version in that it is an educational game that like every kid in the UK kind of played in the late 80s, early 90s. Nice. Um, and it is a text based adventure game. And so for the past Two hours or more, I have been watching the like, live stream community Let's Play of this game. It's actually pretty amusing, so I'll do a little write-up for the website um, to introduce this podcast, just giving everyone a little glimpse of a game that I'd never heard of before that apparently is quite a big thing for kids over in the side of the pond. Very nice. So now that you've watched, now that you've watched so much of it, are you getting like the British children curriculum now? <laughs> It is quite funny because on Oregon Trail, you were allowed to make choices like I'm going to take this amount of this thing. And, and they wouldn't tell you that that's just not going to work out for you. Whereas mm -hmm. it's very different in this sort of game where it's like, there is a cave. Do you want to go in the cave? And if you say no, it goes, don't be silly. Of course you do. Oh, yeah. So you don't even get a choice. <laughs> so in some instances, you, you don't get a choice. I like that. though. That's good. <laughs> well, and, and the one thing about Oregon Trail that it was always kind of tricky, too, is like if you were thinking about this rationally, which is eventually how you, I thought about it, 
it didn't matter if you were a banker or a farmer, really. I mean, they there were advantages to all them, but truly, if you were the banker, you had the most money, you could buy the most supplies, and you probably had the best chance of making it because of that. So, but if and that it was, teaches us that money is the most important. Oh, thing. absolutely, because <laughs> if we all are honest. It's probably either the hunter <laughs> or the the farmer that would have made it, not the banker. <laughs> but it's, it's not a big game. We need to check out uh, the Oregon Trail card game. Oh yeah, there's oh. No, there was yeah. Such a it's thing. it's just as difficult, but more so because like there's other players on your wagon and they have to rely on you and they get really angry at you when you mess up. <laughs> Trey died of dysentery. That's exactly what happened. You'll pull the card, and it's like you died in this century. <laughs> awesome. Well, Trey, what have you been? What have you been playing? Uh, lately, I've been quads deep in uh, Mass Effect Andromeda uh, since the day I come out. I think I've just quads deep. Nice. Yes, quads. Oh my god! Thank you. <laughs> yes. Quads deep in Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> I I love that game so much. I don't think I've stopped playing it. Nice. Well, that's definitely something we're going to talk about. Um, but. Uh, what I was, uh, I guess, interested in, just touching on this, we talked about it last week. Did you, um, did you, um, have you had any issues with the glitches? Has that has that deterred you from anything? Honestly, no. Uh, there's definitely been some that have been just really minor, but nothing that's, like, ruined the gameplay for me. Um, just some that were noticeable, but overall, like, I played through it and it wasn't that big of a deal for me. That's good. Well, okay. you're, yeah. you're you're much more calm about it than I was, but I played a fem well fem chef fem writer, and she makes the derpiest faces sometimes. <laughs> I, I played a little bit of fem writer, and uh, and, and first off, I just think it's really funny that it's fem writer. Like that's just inappropriate and funny. Uh, I mean, that's how writer, I roll though. Anyway. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, like I tried the the female, and I actually saw a lot better animations in the male's face. Yeah. And the females. Oh, yeah. Uh, but now that they've, like, put in that new fix, like, everything even looks a lot better, so. That's good. Yeah, I, I, um, I haven't played it since. I haven't gotten back to it since uh, the patch, so I'm interested to do that. Well, I have been playing. Uh, I finished the third episode of The Walking Dead. Um, I've enjoyed uh, the new frontier that is not. I'm, I'm actually. This is not truly retro. I, I'm kind of up on this particular game. So, uh, and if you've played any of the other iterations of this, of The Walking Dead, uh, you know, and I mentioned this on a previous episode, you play as Javier, uh, Clementine's still in it. Um, so I don't think that's a spoiler. You get to see that in the preview. But um, I've, I've really, I really enjoy it. I like Telltale games. Um, they're kind of oh, yeah. my speed plus, you know, because I can... I can dedicate 15 minutes to a game, so I can do that and get to a stopping point. And uh, and and uh, so I've really enjoyed it. I finished it. I'm. I think there's two more episodes before this is done. So obviously this is kind of like the the Empire Strikes Back uh, episode where everything has gone to crap, and uh, you know, and so you don't really know how this is going to turn out. So it, it's definitely got me hooked, and I'm I'm looking forward to the next section. But don't want to spoil any of it, huh? Yeah, not to spoil it, but is it as heartbreaking as the other two Walking Dead Telltale games? 
It there are parts of it that are. Uh, I'd say the second episode had some parts in it that uh, I did not see coming. Uh, uh. So, uh, and and I think the way that I've played it, based on the statistics, is I made choices that no one else has really made. <laughs> Oh, have like twelve uh, percent of the people made that decision. I was like, "Ee, maybe I was wrong. I don't know." So, <laughs> yeah, there is there is no right answer with Telltale games. No, there's not. But there's it definitely all ends a, in tragedy. A popular answer, or or uh, or whatever, and and I did not choose any of them so far in this game. So there's, I mean, there's definitely a rhyme or reason. But it's like, I, I guess one thing about this particular vi- version is, or this uh, iteration is, there isn't it's less clear what is kind of like the best answer. So in some of the other games, the Batman game, you kind of knew you, you could either be a jerk or you were Batman and you were jerk Batman or just Batman. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's, it's really hard to tell which, what is like uh, the, if there was such a Paragon and Renegade answer, it's hard to tell, uh, you know, what to do by making which choices you make. So I've been all over the place, and it's definitely taken my game in a different direction. But it's been good. So if you like Telltale Games, you'll enjoy it. But, uh, Whenever you make a choice, do you, and at the top it says, we'll remember that. Yeah. Do you read that in your head depending what the choice is, like either in a snarky voice or like a happy voice? Because oh, yeah. I can't help myself. Oh, yeah. Whenever I make a bad choice, it's like Clementine will remember that. Oh, they'll that. remember so that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, I think it was like maybe the second or third episode of the first Walking Dead, like you do something cool and the kid is like, Duck Wolf will remember that you're awesome. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've gotten none of those. It's all It's all sad faces, sad pandas. So. <laughs> well, maybe you should like not make choices that twelve percent of the people make, and and start thinking like the collective. Well, what I should do now is just say, okay, what was I gonna do? Let's not do that. Let's do something else. Just don't follow your instincts. Don't follow my instincts. Whatever I was gonna do, do something else. So, well, uh, what I wanted to talk about today, we've got a couple topics, and the first one I wanted to get to are uh, or is uh, day one patches. Day one patches seem to be a staple in gaming at this point. Um, if you know, it's I don't know. You know, we can discuss kind of what our reasoning is behind some of this stuff. But you know, what do you guys think? What's your what's your take on day one patches? Uh, you know, and, and I mean, there's we can take this in a number of different directions, but it, it is a staple of gaming nowadays. Can't really escape it. What's your thoughts on day one patches? Not everybody at once, though. So. Trey, you go first. All right, you've um, got fresh perspective. That's right. And she was vaping. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, I was well, not. I was getting juice. <laughs> yeah, vape juice. Vape um, juice. I'm definitely one of those gamers. Like, like you know, for Mass Effect Andromeda, I was chomping at the bit for just as soon as I could get this game. Give me the game. So I'm definitely guilty of probably perpetuating needing like day one patches and day one DLC to fix stuff. But at the same time, I do think that. It's. I feel like it's 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 a way for game companies to get games out easier and quicker and not be as put together. And it's just an excuse, like right. it's for them to give us a subpar product. Which, like I said, I'm one of the ones that's like, give me this game now. Even myself, I don't care. I want to play it now. You know, I'm guilty of it. But at the same time, giving a game that's not finished is, I feel that's kind of cheap. And just a 
just a way to get more money. And I mean, yes, they're an industry, they're a business, and that's their goal. But at the same time, it, it sucks for, you know, the gamers to get it and want to play it and then have to download it and then have to wait for the patch and then it's not going to work and you have to redo it. It's And it kind of becomes a big thing that just kind of becomes a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Amanda, what do you think? Thoughts on day one patches? Well, uh, I it's funny because I recently been thinking about this. I heard Jim Sterling's um, recent Jim Quisition on the topic, and he was saying that, especially with companies like BioWare, um, which you know are distributed by EA and they're huge corporations, they've got loads and loads of quality assurance people. They've got testers all over the globe. So it's not the case that they didn't know. So I think that's where I would draw the line with what I find acceptable. Look, if for some reason a small bug or even a game-breaking bug that for some reason your testers did not encounter, you know, it's just one of those things where they didn't play it how the rest of the public ended up playing it or with whatever setup they ended up playing it with. Um, you know, maybe they were doing it with a Connect installed and you don't have one or whatever. Something like that I can excuse because it's an isolated incident and even though it might have big impacts, it's kind of a thing that you would have to fix after it happened. But with things like the Mass Effect facial anim animations, this was not a case where a whole team of QA people looked at those eyes and said, yep, that's human eyeballs. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what yeah. they do. That's what they look like. <laughs> and I feel like that had to have been flagged and it must have went up the chain. And, you know, I, you know, I work in a corporate environment and a head office environment, and I understand that sometimes, you know, you make business decisions to get something done um, where you can either sacrifice quality, you can sacrifice cost, or you can sacrifice time. But one of those things, you know, kind of has to stay constant. And usually they aren't willing to put any more time into it. So either they spend loads and loads more money to hire tons and tons more developers like lastminute.com to fix the problems. I wonder or what they do. they let it out with poor quality. And that's what they do. And, um, you know, that's a kind of a sign of like a more um, sort of prince to super corporate environment where when they're looking at a project like this, they're like, well, we've spent our whole budget and we've reached our maximum time. So now the only thing we can move on the pyramid triangle of project management is mm -hmm. the quality of things. Um, and from, you know, from an actual business perspective, that is 100% what happened because they don't employ all these people for them to miss these sorts of things because they are just egregiously obvious. You know, anybody saw it. Everyone saw it. They saw it in the trailers and going back that far to not fix it. That was a deliberate business decision. So I think that's where I would draw the line of what I find acceptable because the reality of it is as someone who ever really only ever plays a game through once yeah. to full completionist, that means that I'm never going to experience the beginning of it with any updated refresh graphics, no matter what they patch when. Once I start the game, that's the start. So yeah. for me, you know, if, if it's a bug or something like that that gets patched, a lot of times I haven't made it that far, so it, I really don't, you know, there's no disbenefit to me. But in the case of these sort of animations, it it was quite obvious that they were going to have to fix it, but it was also obvious to me I'd probably never see it. Yeah. At least not the early stuff on. 
Um, and now that we're getting kind of further through and I'm seeing how much better it looks, I kind of regret that. And I, I feel like this might be one of those instances where even though I don't have a load of time, I might actually re-roll a new character um, after I finish this run through and just do a straight story, main story run um, on maybe lowest difficulty just to experience, you know, the fully enhanced graphics. But even then I'm going to wait several patches to do that because if you've seen the patch notes of what they're planning to fix, like it's like they knew that not only was it not complete, it was actually unacceptable quality for a AAA standard and they were still happy to let that through. And Jim Sterling said something that I think resonated with me and made me think of this topic. He said that you would expect that from the more like dodgy sort of companies, the more deus ex sort of pre-order culture companies, but Bioware and the Mass Effect franchise has always had a high standard of quality. And it's kind of like everyone got extra mad because we didn't, you know, they, we thought they were one of the good guys. And the reality of it is, They're just a company like everybody else. And the way the industry is going as a general rule is that they're willing to sacrifice quality now. And that doesn't seem like something they were willing to really do before. Definitely not Bioware, but as a general rule, it wasn't as common as it seems to be today. So that's my perspective on that. Yeah, I I, I agree with both y'all. I think that uh, generally speaking, they're, they're they're necessary evil. However, this is an extreme example, and I think we're all kind of this this issue with Mass Effect has kind of brought it all to the head. I mean, we've seen it in other games, and it seems to be necessary, like I said. But we did think that Bioware was one of the good guys, and I and this is my theory on that to begin with. I, I what I really believe happened is you've got you've got this Hydra, no pun intended. You've got this multi, multi-headed multi monster machine, and uh, you've got Bioware on one side, and you've got EA on the other. And you've got someone who's driving this train, and the ones driving it is e- that's EA. And the ones that are worried about artistic integri- integrity is Bioware. And something had to give between the two, and I have a feeling, just knowing EA's history, who who made that final call? Uh, and, and and that's what I think ended up happening. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think it it's a hundred percent Bioware's fault, and I think anybody that looks at it, unfortunately, they're at the mercy. And and like you said, I think that they were they were working on the patch before this was released, and knowing that somebody was working on it, somebody was out there. Okay, this is we've got to get this out. We also know what's wrong with it, and and just to do damage control, there's only so much that you can really do to address it before it even comes out you can't say okay we just released a game that's half finished um we've got a patch coming you know you just kind of have to release it but the problem is is that betrays the trust of the consumer and blizzard may be one of the few that's out there right now that just says if you we're going to release it when it's done mm-hmm. we're not going to tell you when it's done we're not going to give you any promises uh, it's just done when it's done, and that's when you'll get it. I also feel like Bethesda's really good about that. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll, they won't even, like, let you know they're working on the game until it's pretty close to done. It's like, oh, by the way, here's Fallout 4. Merry right, Christmas. yeah. And and they <clears> have, they, they may be the, who else is out there? I mean, they may be one of the others that's remaining that's not, uh, Amanda, who, who, who published and, and uh, developed The Witcher? Uh, CD Project uh, Red. CD Red. Project Red. Yeah. 
they I give them absolute props for how they handle like DLC and stuff like Absolutely, that. Like they gave yeah. a year of free stuff and like free solid content, and then by the time they had the paid content, I was like, please take my money. You've yeah. earned it. Yeah. They've earned it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, so there are still companies out there doing it right. Uh, I think that if these other companies would just take a page out of their books and see that it is possible, uh, that quality over quantity, um, I think that this game could have stood to wait a few weeks, months, even with all of the games that came out and the Switch coming out at the same time. That a number of things could have uh, could have just waited uh, until later because uh, it definitely it definitely need a little bit more time in the oven. Yeah, but I definitely See, I, think. I... What was that? Oh no, go ahead, Trey. You're good. Oh no, I was gonna say I was gonna just agree with you that I definitely think that the problem is is with EA. Um, you know, like you said, making that decision because Bioware. I mean, they're not perfect, but they definitely they're one of the companies that I'm willing to give a little slack to. In regards to this stuff, because I know it's not just them, and I know they're doing their best because they've showed that they're going to do their best. Whereas EA, like, just wants that paycheck. Right, right, right. What were you going to say, Amanda? I was going to say, I think the fact that BioWare agreed to the EA Early Access Distribution Platform um, put them into a bit of a corner as far as timelines is concerned. So essentially EA was able to promise that if you bought their weird subscription service thing, that you would get access to the game early. And in by doing so, they sort of pushed that timeline even further, considering they were able to get a patch out for this game within its like first 30 odd days of launch. Yeah, it wouldn't have had to been delayed that long to right. fix it. They had to have been working on this sort of stuff. They had to have had a release timeline for it. To be fair, if they needed to, I'm sure they could have put just a little bit more res- like resource into it to only delay it just a few weeks, not even the full amount of time that it's taken. You know, post-launch, obviously, it's not as big of a priority because they've already kind of got your money. Um, but I just feel like the publishers and distributors are putting such big pressure on these studios. And we, you know, we hold up CD Projekt Red, we hold up the creators of a Horizon New Dawn and people like that because they're not in this um, cycle yet. But I say yet because of the way that the market is working at the moment with distribution and things like that. It's only a matter of time before these sort of companies, they do sign up with one of these big distributors because they want the huge marketing budget and they want all the extra resources and stuff they get with it. And then everybody's kind of going to be the same. Um, If it wasn't happening in other industries, like we're seeing with smartphone manufacturers, for example, the tragic Samsung uh, Note issue that happened, that's just a rush quality issue. I'm sure that stuff got tested. It's not like it wasn't flagged. And now here we are, you know, with lots of, you know, loss of consumer confidence in one of the huge flagship phone lines to the point where the sales of the Samsung Galaxy 8 aren't doing as well as they were projected to do, even though they're doing good. It's just a loss of consumer confidence, 100 percent based on a quality assurance thing and the shame for companies like BioWare, CD Projekt Red, all, you know, Bethesda, all these sort of companies is that, you know, over time if they all sign up to these weird conglomeratory gigs, they're all going to be subject to the same sort of pressures. And I think until we as consumers stop buying the pre-order stuff, stop accepting, you know, poor excuses for games, start, you know, getting refunds of things that aren't finished um, and really voting with our wallets, it's just going to keep happening Um, to see it happen to mass effect a game so long in development 
with such a long history where it looked better 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that is really a sign that they just didn't care about the product that they put out. And and I don't think, I think you're correct. I don't think it was Bioware, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, it's that's kind of the on way them. things Nobody's are going. Thinking EA, you know, it's yeah. Bioware. Yeah. So. And I mean, you're right. That's not going to change until, you know, we stop doing the pre-orders. And like I said, I'm part of the problem. I mean, as soon as I could, I was pre-ordering the super mega awesome deluxe Mass Effect disc. <laughs> and, like, I, and, and, and I'm so bad about it because I haven't even used the items. Like I saw them and I was like, I don't like the way this looks. I have not used them. Yeah. So I, I am the problem. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I am the problem. Well, you know, and, and in fairness, I, I don't think that that's, like and Jim Sterling is kind of he's leading that charge about you know being anti or at the very least being informed. He but he says um, he says that if you were gonna you were gonna buy that game anyway, most of the people who are pre-ordering were gonna buy it anyway. Um, so reviews and all the, these other things aren't necessarily going to deter you. But what is going to start deter to deter people uh, is situations like this with Mass Effect where. Now you got burned. You did it, and you got burned, and and so now I'm not going to pre-order anymore. I'm going to wait till it comes out. I don't have to have it first day. Um, I I didn't actually. Uh, I did buy it a week after, um, but uh, and it took me another stupid week to download it um, with my <laughs> slow download speeds. But oh, I know, terrible, terrible, just the worst. But nonetheless. Uh, it's an issue. It's an issue that's not going to change until we talk or start speaking with our wallets. And uh, but I'm hopeful, and I'm hopeful that companies like Project Red and these other companies that that have done it right will will uh, kind of I don't know maybe they'll rub off on some of these others that had integrity like Bioware. Or I'm just going to start playing Blizzard games exclusively. So they've got enough games <laughs> to keep you busy. So yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah. Well, that topic's brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download for you, the listeners of the Retro Rebel Gamecast, with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. This week, I actually have the audiobook recommendation, which is Thrawn, uh, the new audiobook that was just released. And if you happen to buy it pre ordered, you got it three days early, which is kind of cool, different than gaming, uh, because there was no patch. For this. <laughs> Don't pre-order, but then pre-order, but <laughs> Pre- do. But totally pre-order <laughs> books that are read to you. Um, the great thing about this, and me being a Star Wars fan, I'm just going to plug this real quick, is that uh, it gives you an insight into who the character of Thrawn is. There aren't a lot of books about the villains and making the villains relatable and complex. And after listening to this book, and I'm a, I'm a, I've almost completed it, um, I think it's a good 20, close to 20 hours. Um, of someone reading to you pleasantly, uh, it's uh, you, you get to see how complex that particular character is, and he's he's quickly become one of my favorite characters of uh, in in the Star Wars universe. So uh, definitely recommend it. You should check it out. So head over to audibletrial.com/slash/toddcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 t- other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com/slash/toddcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. That wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Podcast. I want to thank Amanda and Trey for joining me again on this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted to our site at templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to see more of us, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon slash templeofgeek. 
Any questions or comments, feel free to email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. Head over to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show because that helps us a lot. We'll see you next time.